So, Greg, uh, I mean, not, I'm not sure if I need to tell you this, but you know, some of your shirts are kind of, kind of crappy. I mean, you know. What do you What do you mean by crappy? They got like a sweet little pocket right here. I uh, mean, that's... they could be better. I mean, there's some. There's a place I know where it has lots of lots of cool stuff. Uh, yeah, but but how cool? We're talking about triple A cool. We're talking about shirts from 86.com. They're a pretty cool site. They sell all types of merchandise, including T-shirts, keychains, and other cool stuff that they sell on their site. Uh, and also have awesome video game material as well, such as Street Fighter, Killer Instinct, Guilty Gear, Skullgirls, Blaze Blue, Smite, and 86 own brand of T-shirts as well as, well as other stuff. Um, recently, they put out some new keychains for Street Fighter Five. So yeah, there's some awesome stuff there. So I'm just suggesting, you know. Next time you go out and buy a shirt of any kind, I suggest check out 86.com. And if you want to support us and them at the same time, please use this link in, the, in your web browser to check out 86.com. Put in www.86.com question mark AFF equals 4. Again, www.86.com question mark AFF equals 4. This link will tell them that we sent you and that we're cool with them as long as you're cool with us. Thank you and enjoy the show. What did my other friend do? Fuck, I forgot. I've heard, I've heard Cat Damon. Nice, nice. Heard a bunch of things. Nice. People are gonna, people are gonna listen to that part of the podcast. It's like, what is he talking about? Anyways, welcome, <laughs> one and all, for an early edition. For those who might have been with the podcast or might have actually seen it, this is kind of a time we're used to do it. Actually, like around around this time, um, but. Uh, it is, uh, we're only doing it for today because, uh, I want to watch the Royal Rumble and it's happening at five. And I do not want to miss it. So we're doing an early show today with me as always is not other than the man who, uh, who recently got Monster Hunter Worlds, who is playing that game, uh, is, uh, Greg Dietz. Hi, I named my cat Anderson Pooper. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, we're doing an early show for today. Um, no change in terms of when the podcast will go up or anything like that. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have after show for sure. Uh, we'll, I think for, for an hour um, or so. But uh, we'll play by the ear, uh, depending on what time the, the event happens. But, uh, yeah. With that being said, let's just get... Oh, wait, hang on. Let me do this for you, Greg. Yeah, there you go. Now you can see. Now you can see. Um, give me a second here. There we go. Your new topics for the week. All right, guys. Uh, oh, there we go. There's our music. Hey. Okay, and timer starts now. All right, guys. Um, so there's been a little game that came out recently that I need to give my first impressions on. Uh, given that I've been playing the crap out of it, uh, the past day and a half, and that is Dragon Ball Fighters. Okay, so my quick impressions. 
about this game is that this is the game that feels so right in so many ways. Um, the way that the combo system works in this game is very much like an anime fighter to where uh, it's not like Street Fighter to where it's uh, very uh, forward thinking that it's very uh, simple. It's more or less with this with this game with the combo system. It's uh, you do a combo in the air and then you either do um, uh, no, he sees the video. <laughs> um, like I, you do comp, you, you do a combo in the air, and either you go for you know you slam to the ground, or you do a super, um, and then you go into what they call like set play, or basically just kind of setting things up for your opponent to guess on the next move. Um, it's it has auto combo, so for people who are new, they can mash on the square or uh, I'm mean square, but the the uh, square or triangle button on PS4 for me is it's the uh, X and Y on a 360 pad, so new players can check out what exactly what combo would look like, um, or what it what it could potentially lead into. Uh, the aesthetics, the visuals looks fantastic. The the modes in the game are pretty fun. I for the first time I didn't notice. Um, yesterday I was with a group of friends, and we we made our own private lobby, uh, and we were able to do a full six man uh, team to where everybody had picks a solo character uh and we all play on uh, on a team uh, in a 3v3 format they can use that's i didn't know that was possible on the game yeah I, I didn't know either until yesterday and i was like holy shit this is so much fun there are so many awesome moments i had yesterday when i played in a game with my friends so, so let me let me ask you if 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 your friend let's say you're on a team with your friend and he wants to tag you in do you just fly in and start playing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you start <laughs> flying in. It's insane. Like you, like you have to be ready at all times. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, they can use your assist. They can, they can. Uh, once you, when when they're doing a super, you can do the input for for your super. So when you come in, you come in doing your super, and then you're in you're in the game. Um, it's really cool. And then when you're knocked out, then you're out, and then you just wait for the match to end. Um, it's really cool. It was a really fun, fun mode. I've yet to touch the story mode yet, which I've been uh, meaning to do because I got to unlock Android 21. Um, the way that the lobby works is a lot of fun. Like the way that you can go from one mode to another with your avatar as you're like going around in that lobby area um, as, you know, Piccolo or Goku or whatever whatever character you use. And um, it's it's a lot of fun in, in that aspect. Um, the net, the netcode's been okay. Like it's not the best out there, um, and the thing. It's also Bandai Namdo, so I can't say that I'm surprised. Yeah. Why do I do that? Bandco Namdo. <laughs> just call him Bamco. Namco. Just just call him Bamco. 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 <laughs> Bamco. Got it. Um, but yeah, like uh, they uh, the way the lobby system works, um, with the online battle or the online uh, uh, games, like it's it ranges, like it actually tells you how much lag there is at the top of the screen. So if you are playing somebody and it says about you're getting about fa five frames of a lag, it's like okay, that's that's pretty that's doable. Uh, versus somebody like you're getting like 12, 14 frames lag, it's like oh my god. So it can be kind of hard to play in this format, um, in this in this game. So it is def everything about this game I played so far, I'm loving. Um, and maybe maybe it is it's just nostalgia for me. Maybe it's just part of the rose painted uh, glasses that are making me love this game more. Um, rose colored glasses. Ra rose colored glasses, yeah. And but from well, everything I, mean, I, I played, don't, I don't think. Here's the thing, Anthony. I don't mm -hmm. think that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Where it becomes a bad thing is if it if it detracts you from being judgmental on the game in the ways that you should be. 
that's where it becomes a problem. Like right, right. you, you finding extra enjoyment and nostalgia, not a problem. You going, it's the best thing ever, and you're not seeing it as the as as like where it's its fault because of the nostalgia. That's where it's going. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I wanted to attach a few news bits to this. Um, so when the game launched, it actually cracked the uh, top ten on Steam. At least when it comes to the PC version. Um, it cracked the top 10 in, in Steam regarding uh, launch day and numbers. How many people, how many players were playing? Last I checked, when it was on, when it when it was um, live, uh, 43,000 people were playing this game. That is the most a fighting game on PC on Steam uh, has ever had. More than Street Fighter 5, more than Tekken 7, uh, more than any of the Ar- other Arxis games, uh, and it's insane even if half of those drop say that it goes for another week or another month or so and say that the players that are still sticking with this game are the ones dedicated and 20,000 of the other ones were just in it just to play casually like that's still the the most players for a fighting game online for pc version and we're not talking about the console versions yet um which is insane to me so there's huge huge support for this game and obviously dragon ball is bringing in all the nostalgia and bringing in the the casual you know people who don't play fighting games competitively as well so this is definitely a a a, 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 uh both sides of the coin situation um well that's and that's i think that that's what's important to keep in mind about the game too is that um you know they knew they had something special here and they knew that going into making it they had to make the character models look as close to the anime as humanly possible because mm-hmm. that was going to be a big seller. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, the one other thing I want to add on to this, yeah, there was a recent um, leak list of with the upcoming DLC. Somebody data mined the PC version and found text files for some of the um, for some of the uh, uh, characters upcoming. Um, now, given this, given you know the characters named this and that really you know. This is going to be pertains, but the character is going to be in the in the in the game, but it could be. But from the from the list, uh, this is uh, reported off of Shonen Games um, by. Can I get a name on here? Um, let's see. Uh, I got no name on here. Okay. Um, so the so this was according to Ken Zyro on Twitter. DLC characters that should be coming to Fighter Z are the following: uh, one, first one's going to be Brawly. Second one, Bardock. Third. Jim Jimba, J J J A N E M B A. I I failed to pronounce that one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What spell it again? J A N E M B A. Uh. Oh, it's uh from a from the Dragon Ball Z movie Fusion Reborn, and he's like uh he has like he's a red skin and purple like armor, mm. but he's um he's he's a demon made of pure evil. Okay. Uh, next is Kefla. Fuck yes. Um, Tapo, uh, Jiren, Kid, possibly Kid. There was a follower named Kid, so he could possibly be good Kid Goku. Um, and Fu, a new character from the Xenoverse 2 uh, DLC. So okay. that is what is leaked as far as like if that is going to be true or not. My gut instinct saying it's going to be. I think that they, the data mine in PC has... Um, yeah, I was gonna say there's there's an ass ton of characters available that they a pool of characters they can pull from, and I'm very excited to see where that goes. Yes, exactly. So, um, it's a game. It's a great game. It's a great game, guys. Like even if you just want to play it casually, like there's so much 
there's so many modes, there's so much, there's so much content for, for people who want to play it just with their friends or just want to play story mode um, or other other things to have in the game. Like it is, it is a really good game. It's a really good game. So um, I suggest you go check it out if you can. But that's my impressions on Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, okay, so moving on to our next topic. Oh, oops, wrong button. Okay. So, I came across this when I was getting the uh, videos, or uh, getting, yeah, getting the uh, news to talk about today. Uh, where is, there we go, boom. Alright, so, this was reported off of VRFocus.com, uh, written by Kevin Joyce. Sony patent reveals a new motion control technologies. Could a new PlayStation move beyond the way? Two new patents filled by Sony Interactive Entertainment, SIE, suggest that a new motion controller could be on the way, specifically designed to boost interactive nature of the company's virtual reality VR platform, PlayStation VR. Not only does this potential revision have the existing PlayStation Move controller at, uh, a controller at an analog stick, a match-requested feature of the PlayStation VR community, but also a finger-trigger uh, tracking te uh, technology. Uh, the first patent filed by SIE Japan uh, and published earlier this month shows an addition of analog, uh, an addition of an analog stick with several face-mounted buttons placed in a surrounding casing, as well as a trigger line underneath. A hand strap all sits alongside the controller, opposed to being extra, uh, attached to the bottom, as with existing PlayStation, PlayStation Move controllers. Um, I'm not surprised, honestly, because when it comes to the VR for Sony uh, right now. The only thing that you, they, they use for uh, motion control is the actual controller itself. They don't have a particular, um, I, th I think, I could be wrong. I was, I like, I was like, they, they do, they have, they, you use the uh, PlayStation Move. Okay. Oh, so if they're coming out with a new, a new design, that's more in like with what Vive and uh, Oculus have. That's great. I'm just saying like they do have, you can use the motion, the, the, Wii, the move controllers. Uh, As a matter of fact, if you buy. Okay. If you buy the VR headset, it comes with two move controllers, so that way it can it can see you. Was the move the, um, the move controllers were debuted in PS3 uh, era, right? Yeah, I mean they came out with newer versions, which is what this this has. But uh, okay, this um, makes this makes this makes total sense. Then this is an updated yeah. version of what that is. Um, because they're gonna, yeah, they're going to want to come out with more like a game like what you're showing right now uh, doesn't really work with the move controllers. This this game is specifically designed to use a PlayStation controller. Mm -hmm. So as cool as it is in VR, it's more of like a sit still and play. Because yeah. something that I've learned while playing VR when I was in you know Hutch's house in North Carolina through uh, Half Empty Energy Tank, just to clarify who the hell I'm talking about. Um, he uh, when I was playing it, the the biggest problem was that if I had a game where I used the, the controller's joystick to move the character's head while also I could move my head, I was going to vomit everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I don't get seasick. I don't get seasick. I don't get motion sickness. Like, that that stuff gave me motion sickness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of people complain about that, too. So, um, it would be nice to have more... Here's the thing. A game, to me, like what you're showing now or um, some of the other games that I've seen pop out from for VR, it seemed like it's that same situation where a studio made a, a movie and then added 3d to it. Yeah. Not that it was filmed yeah. in 3d. 
Yeah. Because the game doesn't feel like it was meant to be played in 3D. They were just like, or VR, they were just like, oh, it would be really cool if we could add VR to it, VR support. And it's like, uh, uh, the game wasn't built around it, though. So Yeah, yeah. It's gonna take some. Uh, it's gonna take some studios to make games that are specifically made for VR and not just. An well, add-on. I think I think with the with the with the addition of these controllers, that'll be a bigger a bigger yes. output. That, and so. at the very least, it should make it easier for for developers to work around this new controller, rather than the ones they have with the uh, what they have now with the, with the move for the for the PS4. Um, I, I yeah, think the, the move controllers they just don't work as well. Like they don't have the same capabilities. Plus, yeah. Uh, like Vive and Oculus have these have two sensors that go up in the corners of your room mm-hmm. to, to get everything, and then the they they detect where not only where the controllers are but where the headset is. Mm. The problem with with PSVR is that um, it's a camera that sits on top of the TV and sees like the front of the VR mm. and the two balls that are on top of the playstation move controllers hmm. or the front like triangle piece on the regular controller right right here's where the additional problem comes if you're in a 3d space within the vr and you turn all the way around psvr loses you uh wow okay so so i really really hope my point is i really hope that playstation not not with just these controllers creates more stuff that makes the vr better yeah definitely and i feel like this is going to come regardless i think that Again, like the, the, we keep asking this question when VR was becoming more of a thing in the game industry and was, was VR going to be much more than a, a flash in the pan or was it going to be here to stay? And from the sales numbers of what Sony had put out there about how many VRs they've sold, they've done quite well. They are quite surprised of like the support they're getting for VR and, and the interest. Well, in it. well, yes, but at the same time, they're not, it's, it's still not selling where they want it to. In, That's where the problem lies. Are you, are you talking about universally or just with Sony? Universally and just with Sony. Okay. Like, um, they would like they would like it to sell double what it is currently. So, yeah. and, and again, the, the issue is is that it's expensive. <laughs> it's very expensive. It's like yeah, you have to buy. That's true. That's true. I mean, uh, vi- well, like if, or, if you if you have a regular PS4 and you and you have it, it doesn't work as right. Right. So. Um, and it was recently, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, if I'm wrong, but I think it was, um, not Vive, but, uh, Oculus, um, put like lower down their price recently. And I think Vive might be doing the same thing. I'm not too sure on it. Yeah. I think it was Oculus went from 800 to 600. So, mm. you know, real cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's definitely, the barrier is definitely, it's just a price point. If the barrier can be much lower, lower to what people can can get it at an affordable price then I, I could see it you know i i personally think that the vive and the oculus will fail and i'll explain why briefly um whereas where the playstation one has the chance to succeed you mean ps4 um, <laughs> i said playstation one is what i said oh like the playstation version oh um, okay gotcha i was like what ps1 what? yeah not like xbox one but ps yes <laughs> the, the playstation version right right um Accessibility is key. Accessibility is key. With the Vive and the Oculus, you need to have a modicum of understanding of how computers work to get the Vive or Oculus to run. I watched Brian work on the computer for two hours trying to get the Vive to read the sensors and stuff. If you are like 
a super layman when it comes to just a little bit of a layman when it comes to computers, you're fucked. But if you, but with the PlayStation, it's plug and play. It really is quite plug and play. Yeah. So that's going to be a huge factor. If, if, if Microsoft can cash in on that and PlayStation cash in on that, that's where, that's where VR could succeed on, on PC. It's a bit, it's a much bigger, it's a much steeper hill to climb for more for most people. I could see, I could see uh, Valve being okay, not having a successful VR machine. Um, Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Anthony? Hello, hello? What is happening? What? Hang on. Hang on. Uh-oh. Am I, am I still alive? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hang on, guys. Technical, <laughs> technical difficulties. Can you hear me? Greg. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we lost Greg. Yeah, I hear him too. Uh, hey, hang on, hang on. I'm going to do this real quick. going to leave call. And going to come back. Okay. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, all right. I don't know what happened there. Uh, um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened there. Um, so, I'll... I'll I'll end it on this last thing I was going to say before uh, Greg got cut out. Um, I think that Valve is okay uh, if this becomes a failure for them. Um, they've done it with the, uh, other, their own console they're trying to make, the uh, Steam machines that didn't work out. Um, and Valve is a big enough company to where they're making tons of money, so I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem, but um, I don't think it be much of an issue. I think this will definitely affect Oculus if, the, if they do um, fail because that was their main thing. That was their main thing they were going for. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't think that they'll fail anytime soon because they're small. They're they're technically small businesses, right. and they have enough people buying them. But I, I just don't think that they'll become a thing uh, to the extent that like they're not going to be as successful as other things. Is my point. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to our next topic. Before we start, can you screen cap? Screen cap what? I can't see the, the your your left or your your screen your side. Oh, uh, oh right. Oops, sorry. My bad. There we go. Now you can see me. Okay. All right. Moving on to our next topic at hand. Ah, uh, Nintendo shutting down Miitomo in May. This was reported on NintendoEverything.com. Sorry, guys. Um, written by Brian. Uh, no last name. But is at NE underscore Brian, for those wondering. Nintendo has announced the end of Mitomo. The mobile app will draw to a close on May 9th in Japan at 4 p.m. This that translates to 12 a.m. PST, 3 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. in the UK, and 9 a.m. in Europe. Users, users will be unable to purchase Mitomo coins. As of today, Nintendo will host login bonuses featuring coins and tickets going forward. Refunds will also be provided for uh, unused paid coins, but it's unclear. Uh, if this will extend uh, to regions outside of Japan, um, so yeah, it, it, they're shutting it down, um, and uh, this is I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised, honestly, kind of I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of not at the same time. Um, Mitomo was the first like Nintendo uh, Nintendo official uh, app that they brought onto mobile phones. Um, to test the waters of how well this will do and the interest in the mobile market for Nintendo products 
and this was definitely a, a, a step in the water and they found out like yeah people would like to have you know mobile games on their uh on their phones uh for uh, for nintendo so uh seeing it go away i think it's fine again this is more like this is more of an experiment if anything else it wasn't a fully fleshed out game um you get to well, it, wasn't, it wasn't a game and well, i mean it had a game in it but it wasn't yeah, like yeah it was meant to be a new social space and mm-hmm. i knew it wasn't gonna work when like when over over at least two-thirds of the people that i knew that that downloaded it stopped playing it after like two days yeah yeah um it's a little weird that there were you know some of the questions were like asking you kind of personal questions it's like i don't know if i'm okay sharing nintendo that information <laughs> i never got any i never got questions that personal yeah um but uh yeah like it, this was um I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised in the camp of like, you know, this was probably something that was more of an experiment. Like, I don't think they were looking to make any much money off of it. It's like just more like figuring out how much of an interest was there for Nintendo games on the on the mobile market. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. At the same time, I'm kind of surprised that they're taking it down. Honestly, um, Nintendo. I mean, then again, Nintendo is a big is a nickname. Uh, for for starters so that's always going to be a thing with them but like i feel like with them when it comes to uh to to the me universe to uh you know what they've developed i feel like they kind of want to keep it especially with with me uh me verse uh being shut down or has been shut down last year Um, well i think i think jason is right that something like mitomo will come to the switch I, I feel I, like I could believe it. They have they have yeah, yeah. this kind of same thing for uh, Splatoon too. So, well, I mean, you got to keep in mind Nintendo's looking at the mobile market and what they've released on the mobile market. And right now, Animal Crossing, oh yeah, Park Trailer Park, I don't know, is doing really well. Uh, a game that's still getting a ton of play is um, Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah, that game Mario Run is eh at this point. It might be a little dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what other game did they have? I feel like there was another game that they had mobile, but I don't remember. It's, it I, might be, I think that was, was that? it. No, I think that's it. Other than Mitomo, but I think, I think that was it. Yeah. So, like, they're looking, they're definitely testing some waters out right now. And I think that the best, honestly, I think the best game that they've they've come out with on mobile is the Fire Emblem by, by Leaps and Bounds. Agreed. Agreed. That game is endlessly fun. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I said, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, you know, I I, I kind of understand it. I, I understand exactly where they're coming from. Like, not enough people are playing it. Not enough people care. And I think if they were to add a Mitomo like thing on the Switch, that would be successful. Agreed. Yes. Especially if it had connections to whatever game you're playing. Like, yeah. That would be huge, so. Yeah, right now, the Switch is selling like hotcakes. And we said in the last podcast, they are killing it right now in this generation of uh, consoles. Um, have, having that add-on to the Switch, adding more stuff to the Switch is obviously a very good thing with that with a huge player base. Um, and I think that might be the better move to do than having it on mobile. Because... Um, Right now, it seems like the, the most interesting, fun game is the uh, Fire Emblem game, but and and the uh, Animal Crossing. But yeah, outside of that, like I feel like Nintendo is 
I don't want to say like they're kind of playing with the mobile market. They're like they're not really they're kind of in it, but they're not kind of not. Like obviously their main focus is Switch and in that crowd. But when it comes to the mobile market, I feel like they are kind of dabbling in it. Not fully full on into making uh, games for the mobile market as as much as as on the Switch. But at the same time, just keeping tabs on it to see how how long can they keep doing this. Um, I think I think that there's honestly en- endless ways to make uh, mobile games be successful for Nintendo, and I think one of like I was thinking about like a Kirby game and how if you remember in uh, Superstar, I think it's called Superstar, the one for the PS or the the Super Nintendo. Uh, there were all those mini games. You could honestly have a mobile app that has all those mini games. There's a way to do a Mario Party yeah. type of thing for the phone, yeah. which would be extremely popular if it played kind of like, um, uh, like uh, Words with Friends, where everybody takes their turn when available. Right, right. And, and if and when everyone's done with their turn and you go to play a mini game, everyone plays their own mini game. And tries to earn as many coins as they can, or what the fuck ever. Right. That right. would be intense. Like that would be amazing to see. Um, <clears throat> I've thought about like maybe bringing back some kind of pinball game for the mobile market with uh, Metroid or Pokemon. Like, I, there's seriously a ton of ways that they could implement all of their franchises into mobile games and be extremely successful. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I never honestly thought that a social space would have been successful. What they, the information they did get from me, Tomo, though, is that, um, people like, and this was from me, Tomo and then Mario run. Um, people are, a lot of people are willing to download a free app versus a paid app. Yes. Yes. So. It's how they get you, man. It's like you, 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 you get the game for free, but then when you realize like, oh, you want to, you know, get past this level, you know, just pay a little extra or it, it's been very, very much the same being as those free to play type of games. This uh, is, this is my problem with people in microtransactions in general, Anthony, is that nobody wants to see what they are. Nobody wants to see how they function or that every single company on the planet, in the planet, when you go into Costco and they go, here's a free sample of food. Do you think it's just because they want to give you a free sample of food? No, because the first taste is always free. You junkie. Well, <laughs> well, that would be uh, something to discuss on another day. Or we've already heard our thoughts on, on all that stuff. You got plenty to listen from. But I digress. Moving on to our next topic. As I soon as I do this. All right. So here we go. All right. So our next topic at hand. Sonic creator Yuji Naka joins Square Enix. The man behind the Godfather of Sonic, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog um, has joined Square Enix. This was written by this is off of yourgamer.com or yourgamer.net. Sorry, um, written by Tom Phillips. Uh, today, Naka revealed his employment via port on Twitter, uh, but was vague on the project he is working on. The esteemed uh, developer simply said he had jumped aboard Square Enix earlier this month. Uh, this is his tweet. Just a quick note to let you know, I joined Square Enix in January. I'm joining game development as before and trying to develop games to, uh, at Square Enix. I am aim to develop an enjoyable game. Please look forward to it. 
Naka's name in, in the, is in the credits of dozens of Sega classics throughout the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Fantasy Star, Sonic uh, Knights, uh, Sonic, uh, comma, Knights, uh, comma, Sama, the Amigo, and Billy Hatcher. He left. He didn't left uh, Sega in 2006 to found to found Probe, which famously released the cardboard box powered Let's Tap for Wii, an idea that now feels propathetically uh, ahead of its time. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but um. So yeah, the man has joined Square Enix. Square Enix. Um, yeah, so and assuming assuming he's gonna make a new a new project a new game for Square Enix, so I'm very interested to see what they do with him. Um, kind of interested to see what they do, honestly. Uh, Square Enix, Square Enix is an umbrella of, of many games. Obviously, Final Fantasy. Um, they've also done. They've also you know uh, are also a publisher. So um, I believe Laurel Croft is under that under uh, Tomb Raider is under that uh, umbrella as well. Yeah, um, and there's, he, there's a ton of games. I, mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting to see if they give him, like, allow him to create a new IP. But I don't think that that'll be the case. Right, he'll probably just be brought on to a to an existing one and uh, work there as like. Um... <laughs> God damn it, Jason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, I also like Valer's joke. Him leaving disappoints a whole five people. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think that there's much to read into this because we know that he's just going to be helping making games. It'll be in, like the, the the news will be he gets a new he gets his own IP. That'll be the news. Him leaving is kind of news, uh, but at this point, like we don't know what he's doing over there. He could just be a PR guy for all we know. Po- and possibly, possibly, but it's also it's also. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to see the man who created so many uh, IPs in Sega to kind of jump ship to Square Enix and now work on whatever projects they're gonna put him on. Um, it's it's just interesting to see, and uh, for those titles are still with Sega, they're gonna still be with Sega. Like he, like when he goes, it's not gonna be like he's not taking those with him. Like those are still all property of Sega. Um, as far right, as, right. as as far as like what it's gonna look like for Sega now, like I I. I think Sega is in a place right now where they're still they need to bring back Billy Hatcher. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh God, no! Um, <laughs> like, oh God, no! That game was amazing. I, take that. Oh back. come Sorry. on! <laughs> I was, don't don't make me throw hands on here. Um, I don't want to be a part of the podcast anymore. <laughs> um, like when it comes to Sega right now, they're in a state to where they're still kind of. They're in an interesting position because they are also they only are they producing games, but they're also a publisher as well. So they're definitely you get games that um under their belt as well as far as like what they approve of. Um, uh, Bayonetta was Bayonetta was under under Sega, right? The the, the series. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, it's under Sega from what I from what last I remember. Um, they got that. They got uh obviously Sonic still you know they still got these titles that he left behind so they still got Fantasy Star Knights and Tama de Amigo and Billy Hatcher and, and, and some other things but they're, they're in a kind of interesting place right now they've actually I feel like they you know most recently they've been actually doing better because of you know as you see on screen Sonic Mania did really well Sonic Forces did pretty okay I think it's sold enough I think to be okay it actually it, it actually did fairly well oh it did okay like, oh yeah 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 like I, that's the thing about that game is a lot of people are giving it shit and saying that it's a bad game, but mm-hmm. I disagree. I don't think it's necessarily a bad game. Yeah, definitely. It plays. It plays. It doesn't have glitches. It doesn't have bugs. No, no. It's just no. a Sonic game. Yeah. It's just super short. 
Oh, and they own Atlas. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They do own Atlas, which is huge because Atlas is a, it's another company that makes awesome games. They just came out with Persona 5 uh, this past year, um, and it was fantastic. It was That game sold well. Um, and also, it's it a really good game. So, yeah, like, I feel like it's a definitely interesting, uh, it's interesting to see that he's, he's leaving, but also, like, I don't think it will change much in the space of the game, well, game here's, companies. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm looking at his, his, uh, his entire roster here. The only thing, like, it was Sonic, Spy versus Spy, uh, Alex Kidd, who's a programmer on oh, that, Fantasy wow. Star's a programmer on that, uh, but, like, he was lead he was lead programmer on the Sonic game, Sonic and Knuckles, um, Nights into Dreams, and then from then on out, he was a producer. He was a director on Choo Choo Rocket. Oh yeah. But like the Dreamcast days, he was just a producer, and then beyond a producer, 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 producer. Like there was nothing. He created Fishing Resort in 2011. I don't know how that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think they might have just brought him on as a producer for whatever new game they're working on. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if it's gonna be a new IP. I'm kind of curious about that. Or they're gonna attach it him. Might be. It could be attached to some to some other. Man, yeah, I'm 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 kind of curious now. Like, how is that? What what particular game is it going to be? Is it going to be the we'll IP or is it going to be an existing one? Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it just as, you know, so that way we can talk about it again later when they do announce that it, a, a game that he's working on or whatever. Yeah, I think the earliest we'll see of anything from this is E3. I think that if uh, Square Enix comes out and says, like, you know, announcement of a trailer of, like, here's a new, here's a new IP, and this is the guy who's being the producer for it, so... Um, yeah, look forward to it. Uh, you know, that's probably the earliest we could probably see it as far as like when it comes to what exactly they're using them for. Or we may not even see anything from them um, uh, at E3 and maybe at another event or none at all. Who knows? Um, but my gut is obviously E3. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely see. We'll keep an eye on this. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, good stuff for, for Yuji for uh, getting the position, but also like. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, employers of other companies or people that are well known for, for one thing at another company is now joining forces with another company. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying, it's kind of like Brett Favre of the Packers was oh traded God. to the Vikings. Well, Jets and then the Vikings. Oh and man. it's just weird. Can there be a worse analogy, guys? <laughs> hey, chat, can, you, can you explain to me a worse analogy than that? <laughs> I mean... At least, as far as we know, like Yuji is not like sending off dick pics to to females. So that's fair enough. Yeah, fair at the enough. very least that. Um. All right. So moving on to our next topic, and this is something that we talked about last week, but you were you uh <clears throat> fell asleep uh for, 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 for some for some odd reason. Um. But uh, we got some news out of Blaze Blue. Uh, cross tag, uh, uh, yeah, Blaze Blue cross tag battle game. Uh, this is reported of Agama. Also, apparently, too early for you to talk. Yeah, uh, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> 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 Gam- this is reported of a uh, Um, and this is written by Sal Romano. Um, titled Blaze Blue cross ba- uh, tag battle producer discusses lack of arcade version DLC pricing. Uh, the latest issue of Denkiki PlayStation uh, has an interview with Blaze Blue cross tag battle producer Tsumichi uh, Mori, 
who discusses the game's reasons for being a home console and PC title versus an arcade title, as well as the price of his 20 downloadable content cre uh, characters. Get, uh, get, get the notable tidbits below. Uh, if there is, if it's, if there is, yeah, if there is support for it, they will like to continue the series. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle is a home console and PC game as opposed to an arcade game, mainly because they wanted to get rid of any situation where they would be a gap in ability between overseas and Japanese players. In other words, Japanese players would get it in arcades first, giving them more time to practice. The game is made under the premise of playing uh, with a gamepad. By releasing the main game at a lower cost, uh, 58,000 yen, which I looked it up, it's like 50 bucks. Um, as many as people are, are uh, okay, as many people as possible will be able to play, uh, and those that find it interesting can purchase the downloadable content. It's being set up to that even if you purchase all of the downloadable content, the price will not uh, will not far exceed what the full game uh, would normally cost. That's a lot of words to say. Uh, tongue tied me. Yes. Um, words are hard. <laughs> um, so. Okay, so it sounds like it sounds like from from the th some, from from what I'm reading that the price that they're going to put out for the game is going to re remain 40, 50 bucks over here, uh, and same same wise in the, in Japan. Um, and my gut my gut is telling me if that is the case, if they're saying that they're going to keep it at, at what it would normally cost, then then the twenty characters have to be at least a buck each, from or or maybe two bucks, buck or two. Yeah, yeah. so good because <laughs> uh, that was one of the main issues when they announced like we're gonna have 20 we're gonna have the main roster have 20 characters but half of the other content is going to be behind the dlc um and i talked to we talked to alex i talked to alex about this last week on the podcast saying that you know for it all depends on the price if, if, if we're talking about these like if it's like you know dollar two and it's going to be 60 bucks that's fine it's going to be as, as the normal price but if it's like say five eight bucks at the most like how capcom is doing right now then you're kind of going into for the competitive side and have to eat it and that's going to suck for a lot of them and it's gonna be a lot of money but even as a casual even as a casual that that, that still kind of doesn't sit well with me when it comes it, to it, being blocked well off. it needs to be yeah it needs to be a situation where like uh what what um uh fighter dragon ball fighters has where mm -hmm. you can unlock goku uh super saiyan blue and fujita super saiyan blue by doing the in-game objective or spend the three dollars on each character and have both mm -hmm. like that's what this game needs exactly like, it, uh, yeah exactly if they can put a mode in here where you can actually earn it in game rather than pay for it um then that's awesome that's that's great um i it could happen though because this is t this is um i believe i believe arxis is working on this one too actually um it's under the same umbrella uh so uh the guys who made uh dragon ball i think might be working on this one or it might be another company under the same under the same umbrella um so hopefully that might be the case hopefully that might be the case and it seems like they've definitely got the message as, as far as like a lot of people's outcry regarding the dlc um half of the dlc being locked behind a paid wall um and they've, they've they have not said anything about it until this recent uh, uh issue of the gig key playstation so it is being addressed it is being addressed it is something that they definitely hear a lot <laughs> oh, ears wide, wide open um and then kind of going over uh the other stuff real quickly like um interesting to say interesting that they said that it's gonna be it's it's main premise is to play with a pad 
which is interesting to hear. Because, um, like, uh, in that case, that means that this game is, like, a four-button fighter then. Like, it's light, medium, hard, and then, like, special. And then assist would be, like, the, the shoulder buttons. So that's interesting. It's not going to stop anybody with playing on a stick. That's, that's, that's going to not stop anybody. So it's just interesting to see that. But that's one of the points they point out. Um, if there's support for it, they will continue the series, obviously. Um, let's see. Uh, the interesting thing I also want to point out is that they wanted to have a, a PC and console versus an arcade in Japan. Um, they are thinking about this in an esports or competitively. In terms of, like they want to make sure the playing level is even, like so in Japan when it comes to some games, um, the they have an arcade. The arcade scene in Japan is still very much alive, um, and uh, versus here in, in the states, and uh, in Japan they have games that come out first in arcade uh, or several versions first before it comes out on PC and con or home console. Uh, this happened with Tekken. This happened with. Uh, uh, other games, I, I cannot remember at the moment. I think Denkenki Punko was one of them as well. Um, I want to say Street Fighter, yeah, Street Fighter 4 was was a big one as well. Um, so there are, and Guilty Gear is another big one as well. Um, so they want to make sure there's an even playing field, which is interesting to me. <coughs> which is interesting to me because they could make more, they could make more money if they wanted to with the arcades. Um, be it specific to, to Japan though. Um, and let me see what else. Um, yeah, that's about it. But it's interesting. It's the, you know, good on them for getting on, on the DLC talk. I think that them really answering these questions in the interview that would be translated soon. Um, as far as like, and what tidbits were uh, taken out of here is definitely a very good thing for them. Yeah, I think, you know, especially with a franchise that has, uh, well, I'm sorry, since the game has a bunch of characters from different franchises that people are going to want to play, like, Mm -hmm. Being transparent is going to be very important. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll definitely see how this goes. Uh, they said was this game's coming out in May of this year, May thirty first. Um, it's going to be <laughs> that was my favorite part of the podcast so far was the date literally popped up on screen as you were like the oh. date is May. <laughs> <laughs> it was I it was right on cue. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was right on cue. It was perfect. Um, so yeah, it's going to be coming out on the PS4, Switch, and PC on May thirty first. In, uh, in Japan and Asia and June 5th in North America so June 5th or so America gets it about a week later let me see uh, or no that's like give or take yeah yeah or maybe less than that actually it's, um, I mean it's it's six days so mm -hmm, definitely yeah it's about a week um but yeah we'll definitely see how this goes I, I, I'm when this news broke with the DLC there's a lot of uh a lot of people within, within the FGC that were like, you know, really against this. Like, what are you doing, Orcsis? I trusted you. Um, but like, I they're making money is what they're doing. <laughs> exactly, they're, exactly. But but yeah, but yeah, but there's definitely going to be. I'm I'm curious to see how how this will play out within the FGC to competitively. Um, but we'll see. As I said, if there's enough support for it, then they'll keep doing it. So, um, just throwing it out there because it's under the umbrella technically. Uh, uh, put in put in a schoolgirl's character and I'll and I'll be I won't, I'll be I won't be happy per se but I'll just be laughing and and be like yeah <laughs> I'll be like yeah it's cool um, but yeah we'll see we'll see okay so give me one second here guys and give me one second should I get this ready to animate yet again where is my animation there we go. 
Aha. Oh, and I should probably get rid of those too. Boom, boom, boom. All right. <laughs> not, 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 not quite the uh, most uh, simplest way to do it. At least not yet, but it works. All right. So moving on to our next topic. Oh, yes. I think we might be a little short on this one and go to your, your thing next. Um, but I want to bring up uh, this past weekend was Evo Japan. It did happen. I was up late last night watching uh, the, uh, the all the tournaments uh, that were doing top eights for. Um, one of the things that they, they didn't show this at Eve, uh, at the event, but it was in the same weekend. But uh, Monster Hunter has a lot of crossovers. Uh, <laughs> so Monster Hunter Worlds, which is out right now, um, now are bringing in Ryu, as you can see on screen, uh, as as a character you can choose. Uh, yes, he has a gun now. Um, <laughs> and then he can he can do his Hadouken, he can do his sh Shuriken. But also, they're added in Sakura, which was recently announced uh, in Street Fighter V Arcade Edition as well. Um, and you can even team up if you want how to. Do get, how do I get Ragu? I want that. I cannot remember specifics as far as like how you particularly get them. I think they're DLC if more than anything. Um, but... It's kind of nuts. This, this Monster Hunter Worlds game is slowly becoming like the Smash Brothers of Monster Hunter. Because, okay, so we got Ryu, we got Sakura, you got uh, the character from uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Ellie, I think that's what her name is. Wait, uh, they're, they're in there now? Hold on. What? Oh, wow. They're saying that they're in there now. <laughs> um, they they put in a skin for for Mega Man for uh an eight bit Mega yeah, Man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know thing. where the Mega Man skin is. I want that so bad. I want that for my cat. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It just shoots off little little uh, pellets of, of uh yeah, fireballs. Yeah, I want for my cat. <laughs> um, it's crazy. There's a lot of there's a lot of things they're putting into this game that are like cross uh character and cross platform. It's kind of it's kind of funny how how that works. Or how 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 it's working so far. Um, I know it's me trying to not burp on on the on the mic. I, I burping might sound better. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but it's it's super cool. Like it's uh, I I, I love it. I, I think that I Capcom is having a lot of fun with these crossovers when it comes to like putting in like these other uh, characters. They did this before, honestly. Like they did it for I forgot which which Monster Hunter they did it for, but I remember that the, you could play as uh, some of the, uh, uh, the the Gears of War characters in Monster Hunter, and uh, you can be you can slay down a monster as them, including having the chainsaw. So it's it's really cool. Um, so yeah, um, Capcom when it comes to Monster Hunter is nailing it. They've that that game looks great. It but I've heard really good stuff about that game. Um, and adding on top of these crossovers and uh, in, in other characters they can get their hands on, I think just adds more to it. So it's cool. It's it's a it. it's a funny thing, but it's it's pretty sick. I'll get I'll get it, but we'll be able to get the PC version. So <clears throat> so uh, PC Master Race. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna cut it there because there really isn't much to talk about other than that's happening. But um, let me mute this so I won't forget. All right. And let me set that up real quick. Because you know what time it is. You know what time it is. How much time do you need, Greg? I should ask. Uh, hopefully not too much. Okay, I'll give you... Eight minutes. Eight minutes is good. Eight minutes? Okay. All right. I actually need to get your intro done. Um, 
and tell my to-do list. So I don't have to. So I have to do this every time. All right, guys. It is your Overwatch minute with Greg D. Alright guys, so uh, the Overwatch League is still going strong, still a ton of viewers every single time they, they go live, uh, but people are starting to fall more in line with a favorite team. Um, as of right now, um, six of these 12 teams are positive. Uh, one team is neck and neck with their own uh, win-loss, but uh, Seoul Dynasty, New York Excelsior, and London Spitfire are now 5-1. and one. But this, what this means is that those are the three top teams and they each have a loss, which means there are no undefeated teams in the league now. Mm. Uh, however, the Shanghai Dragons still have yet to win a match. Um, so uh, um, as it stands right now, um, the uh, the Atlantic Division is has, has more teams. They have uh, New York Excelsior, London Spitfire, and Houston Outlaws in the top four, where Seoul Dynasty is still number one. I'm not sure what makes them number one versus the other two, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, we have one more week before the... Uh, so I think this was week four, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. Let me look at the schedule real quick. Okay. Because if this was week four, then week five, at the end of week five, then we'll have our top four that'll go in for the $100,000. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's every... I was gonna say, I was gonna ask, like, are they, um, what type of playoff are they doing? Is it just like, you know, one, one set, and then if you lose, we'll, you're out. We'll see that after the like huge time, like around June. Mm -hmm. uh, but as of right now, what they do at the end of every uh, set, if you will, um, I'm trying to remember what it is. It's it's there's okay, so there's four stages, and in each stage there are five weeks. Oh. Um, so this was week three. Um, so then we have two more weeks. At the end of week five, they take the top four teams and then pair them off, and then uh, then they do like a tiny bracket where those two teams, like two te or four teams, will go against each other. And then there'll be two, and then there'll be a winner who get a hundred thousand. Mm. Um, but by the time we hit stage four and we have more of a loss win situation, uh, then we'll go into the playoffs and grand finals, and then there's an all star weekend. And I think that that's basically oh, okay, what, cool. like, yeah, I'm really excited about that too. So. There's a lot of Overwatch League this year, uh, so I will be talking about it every week. But um, to move on to some other news, um, let me go ahead and pull this back up, okay. Uh, so there was a developer update here very recently. Uh, Jeff Kaplan uh, wanted to address some, some community com uh, complaints, some community concerns, and he kind of talked about the philosophy of nerfing and buffing characters. Uh, or as he calls, as, as the team just calls it, adjusting characters. For him and the team, it comes down to how characters are performing when in competitive. That's their primary uh, station, um, and they really, really, they really want every hero to be used and in an efficient manner. Um, but when one character is being used too much or when uh, they see uh, another character not being used enough, they want to they want to add adjustments to that character. They aren't trying to intentionally nerf a character so that way you never use that character. They aren't trying to buff a character to make them stronger because somebody on the team just wants them to be stronger. It has everything to do with um, uh, 
just wanting every single character to be used in, in a specific manner. So um, he kind of ran down some character idea, like some, some ideas that they had for nerfs and buffs for certain characters and whatnot. I'm not going to run those down because it's not necessary. But there's a lot of ideas that are coming into the into the world right now that that could change a lot of characters in the future. My, micro adjustments. If you will. Uh, but then he talked about one tricking. He wanted to specify on why one tricking was important. Now, if you remember me talking about Overwatch over the past however long I've been doing this, I always say there's no maining in Overwatch. You don't main a hero because it it ruins the idea of what the game is supposed to be. So. Uh, um, also, to add, also to add to that, it's it's a pretty easy game to pick up any character really for the most part, and then like pick up another character and do the same thing. So, it's not right. too difficult. Right. So, the the reason that that's a thing is that he he basically says that playing one character a lot is not a problem, but they want every player to have a pool of characters that they that they pull from, not just continues to playing one character. If it like one tricking becomes a problem when one player is constantly being reported for not switching when the team asks him to switch. Um, that if the other te- if the other members of the team have to work just that much harder because... Uh, oh my god, Valer. Um, if, if the rest of the team has to work that much harder because you aren't willing to switch, then that's where the problem lies. That's where the one-tricking is an issue. So, yeah, you don't main an Overwatch. You just don't do it. You have a pool of characters, a pool of heroes that you can switch between, that you know can be efficient within every single type of battle. Is that the same? Is that the same sentiment that Jeff Kaplan has when it regarding to this? Like, is that his mentality That's, when it comes to? Those were his words. Mm. I mean, he didn't say he didn't say you don't main, mm. but he did express that he understands that people want to main. He expresses that he doesn't want to discourage people from maining. He just wants people to be more in like he wants people the team wants people to play the game more the way that it was intended um so yeah my so okay now that he kind of put it out that in, in the words that, I, that you told me um I I I, I here's, pers- here's the, here's the problem Anthony yeah like pers- here's the problem okay. is that is that you and a lot of other people look at a pool of characters like an overwatch and you immediately think like a fighting game or you think of like league of legends where maining a hero is not important it really doesn't matter to the overall structure of the game but i'm not even I'm not, I'm not even thinking in those terms i'm just thinking like just as a fan like if i if i just want to play one character because that character is cool then like i'm gonna play that one character like what but you're not you're not gonna get in trouble for one tricking if you're if you're just having fun if you're in competitive, that's where it becomes. Oh, a problem. okay, okay, gotcha. All right, I gotcha. Because I want to yeah. say, like, one yeah, tricking, <laughs> yeah, one tricking doesn't exist outside of just like playing the game. Okay, gotcha. All right, all right. Yeah, because if it was in if it was in casual mode as well, like I I would have been like, man, that's kind of, you know, it's it, dicey. Yeah, it's dicey. It's dicey. Yeah, like I, like you know, it's I I would rather play you know what I like to play. You know, why why force it upon me? So, yeah. no, he just he's. He and the team really want you to be able to play multiple heroes and not be stuck with one character because you just happen to be good with them. Like, that's not what they want. So, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so that's why one tricking is going to become a more of a bannable or uh, punishable thing. Uh, but moving on. So that was interesting. I really enjoyed that, actually. 
um, Blizzard World came out with the new content update. And over the course of the time when we when I la last Sunday, um, it came out Tuesday, and I got to, you know I've been playing it quite a bit. Uh, I really really enjoy the map when it comes to aesthetics and like the Blizzard uh, uh, like nod, it's super cool. Um, but the map itself is really well designed. Um, I'd say that the the uh, first capture zone has a really nice uh, choke point that the attacking team has to break in order to even get to the capture zone. Um, but if the defending team is really good at placements of, of defense mechanisms like Torbjorn or Symmetra, or if they have a good Reinhardt or, or uh, Orisa, like they're going to really be able to push back the attacking team. Um, that being said, once the attacking team does get that first point, the, the path in which the cart moves um, has a lot of things that remind me of Route 66 more than anything. Hmm. Um, hmm. Just like buildings that that have like entrances and and and, and places that, that players can go, little hidey spots and all sorts of really nifty cool stuff. So, I really, really, really this is probably the first map that I've actually really enjoyed in a while because hmm. um, I don't like the moon map, I, the the lunar lunar yeah, orbit map. I'm not, not like. a fan of myself. I, I, yeah, likewise. Yeah, uh, but uh, but this one's really really good. Uh, as for the skins, I really dig the skins. Oh, all the skins, skins is great. Oh, yeah, all the Blizzard skins are awesome. Um, I just got Lucio's Capoeira skin, which I'm really excited about because he's he would be the character I play the most. Not my main, but the one I play the most. Because mm -hmm. um, I don't main an Overwatch. You get it, guys? <laughs> uh, but um, I haven't unlocked any other skins yet, but I do play at least a little bit every day to get a loot box. Um, but there's a lot of other things. There's, there's uh, stickers and voice lines and like it's basically like what would be in, a, in an event update yeah but yeah without it being that so um okay. everybody yeah, really really happy everybody's really going happy. crazy for that that cat skin for for diva when i was unveiled i want that's another one i want because i do play diva a lot nice <laughs> uh but um right now i'm still using her uh, her officer skin cool but yeah, guys, uh, it's been a good week for Overwatch, and it will continue to hopefully be a good week for Overwatch. So um, as as this goes on, uh, um, I wanted to say real quick: if there's Overwatch news that anyone sees throughout the week, and you would like me to discuss it on the Overwatch Minute, tweet the information at me at Chubrucky, and I will definitely try to talk about it and give you a little shout out for throwing it my way. You hear first. Anybody listening to the podcast or those in the Twitch chat, if you want to get at this man for some news to talk about on the podcast, hit him up on Twitter at D, uh, at uh, Chubrock Geek. I almost said my my personal. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I was like, I mean, you can tweet it. You do. Yeah, he tweeted you know. me too, and I'll just send it to him, like at Defect of Naruto as well. So. <laughs> Alright guys. So that's, that, it, that's it for the Overwatch Minute. Alright guys, I've been your Overwatch Minute with Great Deeds. Which is right on time because the music just ended. Um nice. Yeah, nice. Alright, well, um guys, uh thank you for those who have been here and again again thank you for those uh, listening to the podcast. Um the podcast on iTunes I've been kinda of been checking every every once in a while. Like, it's kind of been fluctuating between, like, 35, 40, 37, 48, 40. So, it's kind of been, like, in that range, but, you know, still awesome that we have 
actually people listen to us, so that, <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> but aside from that, um, this is going to be the end portion of the podcast. We're going to go into our after-hour segment uh, for about, uh, about 40 to an hour. Um, again, the reason why for the early stream is because I want to watch the Royal Rumble, and it is a big event, and I want to watch and get hype over wrestlers and all that good stuff. Um, so, uh, be as it may, before I, before we do our thing, uh, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, probably on meatspin.com. No, I'm joking. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Anthony wasn't expecting that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at Chub Rocky. Uh, that's where I post and whatever. That's where I am 90% of the time. Um, you can also, uh, Anthony will discuss all the stuff where you can find me that I work with him on. But here's the important one for me, more important than this podcast by leaps and bounds. Uh, I'm just fucking with you, Anthony. Um, uh, Josh and I, or and Sabiner, who's in the chat currently, uh, we host a podcast called All Queued Up, where we uh, discuss and review internet streaming shows, uh, a la Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube Red, what have you. Um, it's super fun show. I've been really digging doing it. Josh has been working his ass off things done via getting things uploaded and having things sound really well. Like we're, we're really having a good time with it. Uh, he's currently uploading all of the previous episodes cause now we're going audio only. So he's uploading all of the previous episodes with adjusted audio to the, to the new YouTube channel, which is just all queued up podcast. Um, you can also follow the WordPress, which is really cool because that's going to be a bit of a brain dump for Josh and I, uh, which is all queued up podcast at, or sorry, all queued, all queued up podcast.wordpress.com. So that's fun. Um, but the, the exciting announcement, and I talked about it last week, um, the creator of the show that's on Netflix currently, which has its first half of the shows on there right now, the second half coming later is, um, uh, the toys that made us the creator, Brian Volk Weiss. Uh, we are going to be interviewing him this Tuesday, and the episode will go up on Friday. Uh, so we're we're both very excited about that because there's going to be time. There's going to be questions both about toys in general since he created the show, but also about like making a documentary for uh, for Netflix and uh, asking him questions about working for Netflix and all sorts of stuff. And it's going to be a very fun time. So. Um, if that sounds like something you're into, go check out All Cute Up Podcast. I mean, I'm sure if you just Google All Cute Up Podcast, you'll find us somewhere. So, yeah, there's that. Um, Anthony, back to you. All right. Uh, thank you very much. You can follow me on Twitter at Defective Naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com. This very podcast, this very Twitch, Twitch stream will be broken up into parts. So it'll be uploaded onto our YouTube channel. Um, so if you want to follow us there, which you can do below this uh, stream, um, you can check out all the main uh, topics of, of the week we talk about. And you can check it out, uh, upload it every, every weekly, or you can just listen to the whole entire thing on our podcast. Speaking of which, speaking of podcasts... As I said, you can listen to the entire thing if you don't want to wait. It'll be on Tuesday. The audio version goes up on our website at missionsartpodcast.com in the podcast section of the website. It'll be on iTunes and Stitcher every Tuesday. Um, I uploaded it unless I am behind on things and you know bear with my lateness. But um, it will be uploaded on Tuesday. Um, and then uh, also we have other things on our site, including if you enjoy our discussions about conventions. We're going to have a, actually a podcast about that pretty soon. 
uh, for Anime LA that just happened this past weekend. But um, if you want to know what our thoughts on a convention, if you know, you know, it was good, was it bad? You know, what story came out of it? Was there something horrible? Was it something awful? Check out the Conover. It is on iTunes, Stitcher, as well as in the podcast section of the site. Uh, so definitely check it out when it goes live. Uh, check out Deep Rolling Twenties. It is a podcast hosted hosted every Friday, usually, uh, by Jeremy Wilson, uh, where he he and his crew of the Rolling Twenties talk about comic books, entertainment, movies, anime, games, a whole broad piece of everything nerdy into one podcast. Uh, check it out. It is on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as in the podcast section. They're also on Twitter, at Rolling Twenties. Um, at the Rolling Twenties, I think it, I think it is, actually. Um, as well as on um, Patreon. So definitely check them out, guys, um, and support them. We do have a movie podcast. I am going to speak to me, actually. We do have a movie podcast, which I've, I've been saying it for weeks. I'm going to get to it. Eventually. <laughs> but we do have a movie podcast, which I'm going to change the format of how it works. Um... And uh, it's going to be uh, updated, but we do have one uh, where we talk about our thoughts on a movie or what we think about them. You know, it's called Down in Front. It's also on iTunes, Stitcher, as well as in the podcast section of our website. Um, and uh, is there anything else? Was there another podcast we do? No, that was your thing. All queued up, and that's, that's your thing. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate you hosting All Queued Up for on mission start for as long as you did but it's our own thing now you're taking over you it's when those moments where like you know when the kid leaves the house and starts to live in his own it's just like yeah, exactly. it's just yeah. flying the coop um so okay I think that's about it so again thank you guys the podcast section is now over so uh we're gonna do the outro and then the after hour segment where you get to talk about you know whatever we're gonna talk about um could be more, could be or whatnot. But for those who are listening, just for the podcast, uh, thank you for thank you for listening, thank you for support, and uh, we'll see you guys next week with another episode of Mission Star Podcast. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>